Today we're going to be discussing something that seems to be a very difficult topic for people to wrap their heads around. But I think it's, it's something that we need to understand, and it's very important. So hopefully this reflection will help. Hopefully it'll be a blessing to you. As I was writing this, one of my friends shared a post that she saw on Facebook that she thought made an interesting point, but might have been missing something. And what, what was missing? Well, if you've been listening to this podcast, I'm sure you'll know my answer. Distinctions. And so this is what uh, that post said. It was an image and it just had words on, uh, black words on a white background. When you die, God isn't going to ask you about someone else. He won't ask you about the two men down the street who got married. He won't ask you about the girl who had an abortion. He won't ask you about the atheist that lives on the corner. He won't ask you about the woman who feels more comfortable as a man. He will, capital letters, will, W-I-L-L, ask you how you loved these people as he called you to do. And some of you didn't. End quote. Now, it's an interesting... uh, It's an interesting post, but I do think it's lacking some distinctions. I think it's lacking this understanding of judging actions without judging people. So let's jump right in. One of the most quoted verses in the Bible today is some iteration of the following, and this is from Matthew's, St. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7, verses 1 through 3. Judge not that you be not judged, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, and with the measure you use it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? So usually when we hear it, though, we hear, don't be judgy, or only God can judge me, which, by the way, should strike fear into their hearts, but anyway, moving on. You're so judgmental, or stop being so judgmental. But is that what this passage actually means? Are we never allowed to pass judgment? Can we judge others? And what's the truth of the matter? So in looking at this topic, we're going to be investigating four main questions. What is a judgment? Can we judge people? What can we judge? And then finally, what are the spiritual dangers when we judge? So first, what is a judgment? And this might sound like an obvious question with an obvious answer, but let's take another look. The verb to judge is shared in English and French, comes from Old English and Old French, and comes from the Latin judicere, which means generally to proclaim, determine, or conclude. However, there's another sense of this word in Old Roman usage, and we get a few synonyms for that one. It's, It's accuse, reprimand, condemn. Damn. And the word came from two root words, use and deco. Use means law or right, and deco means I call or I point out. Now, I love word etymology, figuring out where words come from. Usually when I'm trying to figure out what a word really means, I look at the history of it. And here is no different. In fact, we've already stumbled upon an important fact Even in the Latin context, there are two different distinct usages of the verb to judge. One means to proclaim or determine, and the other means to reprimand or condemn. And these are very different usages of the same word. 
one has a connotation of standing in judgment over someone, whereas the other one is just simply saying making a judgment or making a proclamation or a determination. So we could say that there's two types of judgments, generally speaking. The first judgment belongs to any individual who has come to a conclusion and makes a proclamation. And the second judgment pertains to one with authority handing over a ruling. So let's put it another way. So the first is an action to judge. And the second, we could say it's a job acting as judge. So this brings us to our second question. Can we judge people? Now, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the Son of God, is the one and only eternal judge with a capital J. And as we read in the Gospel of St. John, John 5, 22 to 24, For the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son, just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. So only he, our Lord Jesus, can discern the thoughts and feelings of the heart, mind, and soul. Judgment in the eternal law sense belongs only to God. So only Jesus is the judgment of damnation reserved. Upon death, all will appear before him, and he will make the eternal, lasting judgment of the state of one's soul, ultimately to heaven or to hell. So can we judge other people? Can we judge other people? And the answer is simple. Absolutely not. And this is what Jesus means when he says, judge not that you will not be judged. We are not omniscient, omnibenevolent, and omnipotent. We are simply not equipped to be the judge. We don't know the state of someone's soul. So our third question, what can we judge? If we can't judge others, rather I should say going back to our Roman dual usage of that word, that we are not the judge, what then can we judge? Jesus also says in the Gospel of St. John in 7, John 7, 24, do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. So it seems then that we can judge something. At the very least, Jesus is asking us to use right judgment. Now, counsel, and take us on a little side tangent that I think uh, is important. Counsel is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's also called right judgment. Now, counsel is the perfection of the cardinal virtue of prudence. Counsel allows us to judge promptly and rightly what we should do in especially difficult situations. And of course, this is a gift from God for our own personal use. What then is the right judgment of others? And I think a prerequisite would have to begin with a firm grasp of the virtue of prudence. Prudence is the virtue that disposes of practical reason to discern our true good in every circumstance, and to choose the right means of achieving it, which is using the language of the catechism. Put more succinctly, quoting Aristotle in Latin, recta ratio agibilium, ooh, that's a difficult one, means this in English, right reason applied to practice. Right reason applied to practice. So by practicing, 
and growing in the virtue of prudence, we begin to determine with greater ease what is truly right or truly wrong. This is why the catechism refers to prudence as the charioteer of the virtues. To paraphrase St. Thomas Aquinas, prudence allows us to do three things. First, to discern the best means for action. Two, to judge soundly whether that means is fitting. And then three, to command the employment of the means. So as we grow in this virtue, we'll inevitably begin to notice when others employ less than virtuous means to attain a goal. We will make judgments. Even our legal code reflects this. Right? You don't have to be a follower of Jesus to, to recognize that even in 2022, with, with modernism and secularism and humanism abounding, we still have laws. We make and enforce laws because we are making judgments collectively. And that's that certain actions are morally good or evil, right or wrong. And Jesus presupposes this when he gives this charge to his disciples. This is from St. Matthew's Gospel 18, 15 to 17. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Here the disciple is making a judgment that his brother has committed a sin. And then he's charged with telling him this judgment. And I'm not sure how much clearer our Lord can be in the call to judge the actions of others, at least when someone has sinned against us personally. So kind of zooming out a bit. Number four, what are the spiritual dangers in judging? Now we can judge the actions of others without judging them personally. And this is what we're called to. But what are the spiritual dangers of judgment. First, we have to remember that we live in a fallen world and we have an inclination to sin. We're not perfect, and as our Lord says, we need to recognize the log in our own eye before trying to remove the speck in our brother's eye. In other words, any judgment and correction needs to come from a place of righteousness and humility. We need to know who we are before God, truly, in reality, and then in His grace cognizant of our biases, our passions, and our own shortcomings, we can begin to start, right? We haven't even started here yet. Once we have a real sense of self-knowledge gained in prayer, we can then and only then start looking outwards and making judgments. Second, we have to avoid three things, rash judgment, detraction, and calumny. And the catechism summarizes this succinctly. Quote, and this is a Catechism of the Catholic Church, 2477. Respect for the reputation of persons forbids every attitude and word likely to cause them unjust injury. He becomes guilty. And then it gives three uh, different definitions. He becomes guilty of rash judgment, who even tacitly assumes as true, without sufficient foundation, the moral fault of a neighbor. He becomes guilty of detraction, who without objectively valid reason discloses another's faults and failings to persons who did not know them. And he becomes guilty of calumny, 
who by remarks contrary to the truth harms the reputation of others and gives occasion for false judgments concerning them. So to review those and and to read a lot more on this subject, uh, head to the Catechism of the Catholic Church. You can find it online very easily uh, and go to paragraphs 2477 to 2487. So 2477 to 2487. So let's sum this all up. Judging the state of someone's eternal soul is out of the question because you and I are not the judge. There is only one judge, and his name is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Judging the actions of another after sufficient discernment and prudence is called for by the Lord and presumed in, by every human society with a legal code. So I'll try to conclude by summarizing this as succinctly as I can. Judge actions, not people. Thanks so much for uh, tuning in to Will Wright Catholic. Uh, next time we get together, we're going to be looking at the subject of ideology and, and whether charity and kindness are sort of at odds with ideology in our modern world. So definitely check that out next week. Uh, new episodes will be coming out every Monday, along with a written version on Substack. So if you haven't yet uh, gone to willwritecatholic.substack.com, head on over there to subscribe to my Substack and get all of these sent directly to your inbox. And also, uh, please feel free to like, to comment, to send me an email. Uh, my email is will.write.catholic at gmail.com uh, to give me ideas uh, for other shows, to give me feedback. I'd love to, uh, to hear those, and I'll try to work them into future shows as well. Uh, also, if you found this helpful at all, I, I please, please, please uh, share this on your own social media. That's the only way that I'm going to be able to grow this platform uh, to be able to continue to offer these. I, I hope that it's valuable to you. I, I know that there's a lot of different voices out there, um, and really I don't think that mine is adding too much other than the fact that I am just so intent on making good distinctions. And I don't think there's a whole lot of other platforms out there that are seeking to just do that. I really don't have much of an agenda beyond trying to uh, just make a really, really good distinction. Um, that's what I'm chasing after. And I hope that that's something that you want as well. Because I think good distinctions are the spice of life and they are what brings us closer to our Lord Jesus Christ and to the truth. Because none of us have the full understanding. Uh, when I was getting my master's degree in theology from Franciscan University, that's really all that I uh, kind of learned in the, in the totality of it is, yes, I learned a lot about the foundations of the faith and the deposit of faith and scripture and tradition and magisterium, but there's so much that I don't know. And beyond that, God is infinite. So how can we possibly know everything there is to know about an infinite? We simply can't. And so there's always more to learn. And so uh, I, I think things like this, learning how to judge actions without judging people, uh, it's not just a good academic thought. It's something that's really practical. It's something that we need for our salvation. And so by God's grace, these are the things that I'm, I'm hoping to impart to you practically uh, to help you on your journey towards the truth and towards heaven. And uh, hopefully by reviewing this content and making it and praying through it, uh, it'll bring me that much closer to the truth and to our blessed Lord as well, God willing. 
so thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Thanks so much, and God bless. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, now and ever and forever. Amen.